everyone, and welcome to Riding in Cars with Cats. My name is Mike Tanner, and I'm your host today. And today we're going to talk about content ideation. Uh, content ideation is basically how do you come up with the ideas for the content that you're going to use? So, you know, it, it's things like how do I come up with the ideas for this blog or this podcast? I mean, how do I come up with uh, blog ideas? Where, where do I actually get the ideas that turn into pieces of content? And, you know, it, it's interesting. This is a very meta episode because at its core, what I really like to do and what I really encourage people to do is use the things that are around them, the experiences they have, the things that are going on in their lives in order to actually produce content. So this, the reason I'm recording this podcast, for example, is I just spoke with uh, a client who was talking about blogging and, and they want to do, they want to blog. They don't want to have someone else blog for them, but they're looking for some guidance surrounding where they actually get content to, you know, what to blog about. And the thing that I'm always amazed about is that some of the smartest people that I know don't seem able to uh, come up with content ideas. So it's not a matter of not having something to talk about because these people have lots to talk about. Um, it's a matter of just not knowing how to figure out what you're actually going to talk about. And those are two very different things. There's a lot of people and a lot of organizations that produce content without necessarily knowing what they're talking about or without having much to talk about. They just produce it because they want to produce it. And there's statistical analytical reasons why that's not a terrible idea. Sad, but true moments of marketing chaos. But the, the thing that I want to really talk about is how I come up with the ideas I have for blogging and for podcasts and for longer form, you know, eBooks and, and books as well. And there's a couple of key components in all of this. So the first thing is, and I use a, it, it's a terrible, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds unrelated, but I actually use a Silence of the Lambs quote. Um, hopefully there's no spoilers here. If you haven't seen Silence of the Lambs yet, I don't think you're going to. But there's a line in Silence of the Lambs where they say, where, you know, how do we covet? We covet first what we see every day. Um, and to me, the fact that we don't pay attention to the things we see all around us every day from a content perspective is mind blowing. I wasn't planning on recording a podcast tonight. I'm coming back from a meeting. Uh, I was just planning on driving home and probably listening to some music or whatever, but literally the last 10 minutes of this conversation was all about how do you come up with ideas? So my first thought was, well, <laughs> why not write about or, or speak about in this case, uh, how you come up with ideas? And how you come up with ideas is exactly how I just did, which is something happened in my real life, and I carried that over to uh, my work life. And that's something that I do very regularly. I write a lot of content that has to do about with my kids. I write a lot of content that has to do with relationships with my wife, with friends. Um, I've recently posted something that had to do with uh, my experience playing board games. And what I basically have found is that there's all these different resources that are all around us that have great connections with what we're actually able to think about and what we're able to do. 
And we ignore them and go, I, I don't have any idea what to write about. So the first thing that I strongly recommend, because it's going to be your most powerful content, it's going to be your most real content, is that you pay attention around you. Either have your phone or a small notebook available to you at all times so that when an idea hits you, when you realize that someone saying have a nice day in a, in a customer service experience really changed the whole experience, or when you realize that the fake muscle shirt you saw is a, a great um, sort of metaphor for slapping, you know, uh, different packaging on a terrible product and hoping it sells. When you start to look at those things all the time and start to create content centered around those, it's really quite powerful because it's very honest and it's it's very much coming from you. It's coming from a place that you understand. Now, you might end up running out of things to say in that respect. Or if you're like me, often creating content for other companies, you may not know what you're actually supposed to be saying about those things. Uh, I blog and in some cases podcast for organizations that are in industries that I'm not in, that I have worked very hard to gain an understanding of how those organizations and those industries work. But when it comes down to it, I'm not a member of those, those communities. And so the way that I've gotten around that is by doing an awful lot of research and one of the things that happens when you start doing research is you start to just look around and say, oh, well, that was an interesting article. And as someone who's new to a particular industry or a particular field, you get to say, oh, well, here's my take on that. Or here's what I think of that coming from this, uh, coming from this perspective. Um, I spend an awful lot of time on Google's front page in the news section literally just looking at topics. So I might pick a topic like um, productivity, or I might pick a topic like, um, you know, engagement on social media. I basically look for articles and then I like to do one of three things. I like to either, I'm going to go from the thing I least like to do to the thing I most like to do. Uh, the thing I least like to do is say, hey, so-and-so hit it right on the head. Because you might be able to add a little bit more to it, but if all you're doing is sort of coming on to say, um, you know, yeah, they're right. And that doesn't, that's not a piece of content that really adds a lot of value. And there's so much content out there that what you really want to be doing is is creating content that adds significant value. So that's possible. It's a way to really get started in the process, but it's not the way that I would really recommend uh, creating valuable content. The second option is to reframe the conversation. So there's a lot of articles that I've read about uh, on a variety of topics that I understand what they're talking about, but I, I really don't think that they put it very clearly. I think that the average reader probably wouldn't understand what they're talking about. And as such, I think it's, um, you know, it, it detracts from the conversation. And so what I, what I do like doing, one of the things I do like to do is I like to basically say, so-and-so wrote this thing and I, I want to, I want to give my take on it. Now, I really want to stress that I typically add that so-and-so wrote this thing. And I do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, 
I want to connect with them and their community. But I also want to, and the more important thing to me is that I want to make very clear that this is based on work that they've done. I want to be very um, clear that this is not me just coming out of the blue. People that will sort of present other people's ideas as their own, that's incredibly frustrating. Um, and eventually, you're going to get called out by someone. Uh, it's, it's a form of theft. It's the theft of intellectual property. And if all you're doing is basically just plagiarizing what someone else said, uh, you know, I, just, I don't have a lot of time for that. So that's the second thing you can do. And it, it is, it can be very helpful. It, you know, one of the things I do a lot is take things other people have said and, and put them in, in layman's terms so that they're a little bit easier to understand for an audience that might not be ingrained in that industry. The thing that I like to do the most is to disagree. <laughs> One of my best friends uh, will agree with this wholeheartedly, or he might disagree just to spite me. We disagree on almost every topic, and I think part of the reason we do that is because it's really fun to engage in a debate where we get to sort of convince the other person of our, of our opinion. And I like to poke holes in ideas. I... I'm a big fan of criticism. I'm a big fan of constructive criticism primarily, but I really, really like to get in conversations where we get to pick apart, um, you know, arguments and conversations. Uh, prime example, I, I've got a, a group chat on the go always with a, a group of friends that I play uh, board games with regularly. The other day, I wanted to message about how they were changing the rules in regards to face-offs in hockey in the NHL and that they were really excited about this and, you know, it was really going to help the game and yada, yada, yada. And there's about seven people in that chat, I believe. And six of those people said, yeah, I think it's great. <clears throat> and I chimed in and said, nope. Now, in theory, I think it is great, but I had something to say about that topic. And then the fun part of that was to actually share that point of view and, you know, I respect the opinion, but here's some problems I see with that thought process. And that's one of the things I really, really like to do is respect opinions while still disagreeing with uh, where they go in the end. And I think that that's one of the ways that you can do some of your best work is become a critic, become an interested party, become a, um, an authority and let your opinion be known. Do so respectfully and do so with a certain amount of grace. But one of the things I really like doing when I'm creating content is I like disagreeing with people that are very, very popular and have really great ideas and are very well known and are very knowledgeable about a topic. I like to I like to do that because I really support the idea that nobody's perfect and there's a lot you can learn by criticism through criticism and there's also I think a lot you can learn through being criticized. One of the one of my favorite moments I've ever had was uh, a criticism of of me and um, it was based on a newsletter that I sent. 
I sent a newsletter with some links to some content I had produced and um, I use a lot of HD images that are on some free uh, photo sources. I've got a subscription to a couple different services, but I actually find that some of the best HD images are what are called Creative Commons Zero, which means they don't require attribution. They're just things that people have produced that people can use for free without, without saying, hey, this is so-and-so's work. And I don't ever present visually those things as my own, but I do like to use them in my own work. In any case, I had created, uh, you know, four different links to different pieces of content uh, in this newsletter. And I had a response from someone who said, I really, really like the content. I really, really dig what you're doing. However, you've got four pictures of white dudes here. And, you know, I think there's a certain... Um, sort of institutional uh, sexism and racism in only presenting those individuals. And my first thought was very much to get my back up. My first thought was to, you know, when, when it's sort of suggested that you are, um, you know, not being equitable in that respect, especially if you feel that you are someone who does, um, you know, who, who is doing good work in those fields. And I think that there's a, a great degree of, um, you know, you can really get upset by that. And so I was upset. So I immediately said, no, that's ridiculous. And then I started looking back through the content and I realized that while I might occasionally use uh, an image of a woman, uh, I was typically using a lot of imagery of white males in my work. And here's the great thing. Number one, I think that that criticism was really well-deserved. Um, and it really made me think and at the very least be more conscious of what I was doing and be more intentional with what I was doing. But the second part is honestly, it became fodder for a blog post. I then wrote about how we use images on, on social media, on blogs and different forms of content and the importance of understanding what that, what that content use and what that imagery use uh, says about you and your brand. And so my real lesson in all this is that every story, every, every lesson you learn, every sort of thing you go through on a daily basis are all things that are likely applicable to what you do. Um, some of them may be very uh, obviously applicable. Some of them may be, in some cases, it may be very clear. I mean, if I see a, a bad piece of web design that, that makes a, a certain mistake, or I see a, a great piece of ad copy, or I see a great social media campaign, or I see a terrible logo, that's all stuff that obviously I can connect pretty quickly and pretty easily with what I do. But I think what you really want to focus on trying to do is find connections where they may not be as clear. What you really want to do is find those intersectional points where you can figure out how something relates to what you do. I've, I honestly have no greater pleasure in my content creation life than bringing together worlds and ideas into a piece of content. So whether it was 
you know, writing about my experience as a wedding MC, uh, which I emceed a, a couple of weddings and what that taught me about, uh, content, branding, organizational development, planning, all these sorts of things, whether it's writing about falling down the stairs for the fourth time and realizing what that meant, um, in my life, whether it's, um, writing about fantasy football and how it relates to business, both directly and indirectly. And so what I really think you need to do is sort of step outside the traditional confines of what your content is like and start writing and producing content that's maybe a little bit different. Uh, the most recent piece I've written for a, um, a company called Hustle & Grind, which is this amazing uh, entrepreneurship-based coffee and motivational startup. The most recent piece of content that I wrote for them was three lessons about content creation that you can learn from Kesha's new album. And that is probably far removed from what most people would think of when they're listening to Kesha's new album, which you should, by the way, because it's damned fantastic. But for me, it's all about finding those connections and it's all about connecting with people in those ways. So whether it's three lessons, three business lessons, a fat guy learned from yoga, which is about me, by the way, I'm not calling someone else fat, um, or whether it's all about Kesha's, um, Kesha's new album, whatever the case, you need to find the things that you're able to connect to and connect to them from a content creation standpoint. So I'd like to thank you very much for joining me today. Um, if you have any questions, you can reach me uh, at Mike at OneRedCat.com. I'm also on almost every social media platform. I'm at OneRedCatMedia. Happy to listen to what you have to say and uh, hear what you thought about this. I'm excited to hear what you, uh, what you think about our content from today. In any case, have a great day.